Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello everyone and welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. It's a happy place here, as is Newcastle. That's a happy place, isn't it, Connor Mummery? Uh, it is at the moment, apart from uh, my house, uh, because my Newcastle supporting uh, girlfriend is currently out and it's just me wallowing at the moment. So, You, just for anybody who isn't aware, you do live in Newcastle, don't you, Connor? I do, yeah, I do, I do, uh, and I enjoy it uh, and... most of the time. You're a Tottenham Hotspur football club fan as well. I am seemingly the only one that anyone in Newcastle knows, which is good. So, how's it been the past few days, mate? <laughs> uh, well, fortunately for the actual game, I was down south, um, half pre-planned. Um, unfortunately, I was working, so I had to watch every minute of it. I couldn't just pretend it wasn't happening. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I received a few messages from my uh, northern friends, Um My girlfriend said she had about 40 people uh, getting in touch asking about my well-being, um, <laughs> which is which is nice. Um, but yeah, I'm back up here now. Um, I don't know. It's I I I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Obviously, I did sort of feel like something really horrible could happen. I mean, the, this the last week or so up here, they've been billing it as their sort of biggest game of the season, which it is. You know, apart by the cup final, obviously. For, for top four for them is huge and I just didn't feel that from coming from our side at all so I thought um, that we were definitely going into it with uh, differing intensities uh, which didn't didn't bode well the, the mad thing is like I wouldn't have been surprised if you'd have told me before the game right you're going to get done like 4-5-1 obviously I know it's 6-1 alright yeah I, I can kind of see that equally I wouldn't have been surprised if we went up there and nicked it somehow. That the the sort of the vibes weren't mm. quite right. Whatever, I don't know. But the manner of that, mate, the man, the manner in which it unfolded, and this this does all feel a little out of date now because everything that's happened with Stellini, a lot of news has happened already. But I do think we do need to talk about the game still because the manner of that is, it is honestly that opening twenty minutes is as a thirty eight year old that has seen Tottenham at some of their shittest points in their history. That's probably the worst I've ever seen Tottenham. Like, literally yeah. the worst I've ever seen us. Like, they were making a point on the Athletic Pods that you see non-league football clubs go and play a championship club or a Premier League club in the FA Cup, and that doesn't happen to them. Yeah. Like, what the fuck happened, you know? I know, I know. I don't know. Um, I think... It's only Man City have done it to Norwich, scored five goals quicker, isn't it, uh, in the Premier League era? Was it not? I um, thought it was Bournemouth. I, I couldn't remember what it was. I think it was Norwich, I think, um, yeah, which was, was 19 right. minutes. Yeah. 19 minutes. We were about 90 seconds uh, 90 seconds better than Norwich. 
Um, 90 seconds better than Delia Smith. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I know. I know. The thing is, like you said earlier, you weren't the only one beforehand to be a bit like, eh, we could nick something here. Um, and if we had anything about us, it might have been possible. Because, like I said, it was it was it was generally their biggest game of the season. They were all incredibly nervous about it. And if we went there and tried to impose ourselves, which is an alien concept, you know, and possibly nicked the first goal or something like that, that stadium would get very nervous very quickly because mm. they knew it was such a huge game for them. But alas, uh, we we just sort of yeah rolled over. Uh, I've, I've honestly I've never seen anything like it. I think ultimately it was. Down to down to the the back four, um, the change. I mean, not just those individuals, but the change of system for a game like this, uh, which is always going to be intense and edgy, and you know they're always going to just be running at us. To start the back four, of, you know, two wing backs to a start, four players that have never played in a back four together, two that have never played in a back four. I don't think um, for a game like this, it's just bizarre. I know we've all been clamouring for it, but. I almost feel like he's done that to appease the fans. And if you're a manager and know what you're doing, you don't do what the fans do because we're all fucking idiots. I mean, he we looked don't completely we, we don't, lost on the sideline. We don't know what he? we want. He did, yeah, but he's not. I did. I didn't feel sorry for him because he's not a child and he's well paid. Um, but this just wasn't the game for it. You know, if we wanted to experiment with the back four last game at home to Bournemouth, that's a perfect game to experiment with a new setup. If we go one or down, change it. Okay. We changed the setup and we, we looked immediately a lot more secure. I felt Davinson Sense was our best player, which is, yeah, it's, it's not really a thing, is it? It's like choosing your favourite venereal disease, but I think he was, <laughs> he was probably our best player. A fair play um, to him after. Yeah, absolutely. The last yeah. Game. And I, yeah. I, 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 I don't know whether, I mean, he was fit. Leng, Lengley wasn't fully fit, was he? Uh, neither was Ben Davis. I don't know if, you know, Sanchez's current mental state on the back of the reception he got last week had anything to do with Stellini. You know, not not starting him and opting to, to change it to a back four, which would be a shame if, if that was the case. But I thought he was great when he came on and I thought, you know, as soon as Lloris went off as well, we just looked so much more solid, didn't we? I know Newcastle weren't playing with the same intensity because they'd already scored fucking five goals. But we, I do think we looked a lot more comfortable. Um, I just think, I, I really think the setup was was, was to blame. Um, not to appease the, the players because they were all, you know, pretty much dreadful to a man. But... I, I think that the system just sort of killed us from the start. To be honest, do you think? Do you think this is where Newcastle are at now? Right, because to me, they're they're miles ahead of schedule. They've got a decent team. Eddie Howe's done a good job, but I still don't really look at them as being a Champions League team. They're going to get a Champions League now. They are. It's just it's going to happen. I think the yeah. momentum's going their way. But is this where they are now? Because that's not. We know that we know that they're going to be another Manchester City. It's just it is inevitable. There's no point raging against that. They will be as good as Man City in the next ten years or so, right? But yeah. is this where they're at now already? Are they already a fourth place team? Is that already more of a struggle for Tottenham to get back into that kind of bracket? Do you reckon? I think as much to do with how bad Liverpool and Chelsea have been this season as, as how bad we've been. To be honest, sure. I don't think I don't think anyone on Newcastle. Definitely, Newcastle fans weren't really expecting to finish top four at the start of this season. They were talking about a lot of the, a lot of the uh, fans I know were talking about how nice it'd be to finish in the the top half and having no point of the season where they're thinking about relegation. Um, it was obviously quite clear early on in the season that they were going to do that and, and more. But they're definitely ahead of schedule, and in the, in terms of fan expectations and owner expectations, I think they're ahead of schedule. Um, They've just taken the opportunity with, with Liverpool and Chelsea having such such an off season that, that we haven't. Um, you know, if if we were 
if we were as, as good as we were last season and if even Liverpool and Chelsea were they wouldn't you know they'd, they'd probably be sixth seventh around sort of Brighton but they've just they've basically just seen a, a gap in a gap in the top four and, and taken their chance and it's going to help them help them move a lot quicker than I think they were thinking they've managed to both financially and you know in terms of who they're going to be able to bring in but I, 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 if they finish top four this season I can't really see them budging unless you know there is quite a remarkable turnaround at Liverpool and one at Chelsea um which yeah, they'd need quite a quite a manager to do that. It's funny because you talk about that, and it, it's it's bang on where you say that we we should have been looking at that game as a club, the players, all of it. We should have been looking at that Newcastle game as like we've been there, done that. Fuck this lot! Like top four is ours for now, right? We, we're going to have this yeah. fight with them further on down the line to to stay a part of this. But for now, we're part of that little bracket. We should be up there, and we should. Fucking get up for these games, but we just yeah, don't. As I said, yeah, yeah. just the, the absolute contrast in the, the build up to the game in terms between sets of fans and obviously what was going on inside the clubs as well. It they, they were you know it was a huge game, and if we went there and won, top four wouldn't be over necessarily. It'd be very difficult, but it wouldn't be over, which it is now. Uh, but we we didn't play like that at all. I don't think we didn't play like anything, but we should have approached the game as as big as it is. But I think. The momentum we lost the last couple of games really hampered that, hampered our chances of being able to do that and get up for this game. Uh, off the back of you know Everton and um, Bournemouth, uh, I think that just killed us, to be honest. But doesn't this just this highlights even further the lack of direction at the club at Tottenham, the lack of people believing in anything. The people, you know, we're seeing these kind of reports. I think it's Matt Law, so whatever, but saying this kind of that there's a, there's a growing level of concern within the club shared between staff and players that the club just isn't going anywhere that the, the the leadership is not taking the club in a, in a good direction and I think the fact that we can't even seemingly get excited about getting into the Champions League anymore I think that I think there's probably an element of taking it for granted and we shouldn't you know we've only just gotten back into it this year after a few years of being out of it again but it just feels that nobody's really that excited. Nobody's excited about what Tottenham are. We just seem to exist as this team that has Harry Kane playing for it, so does all right every now and again. Well, I'm, that's why I was so surprised about the Stellini, um, Stellini getting the job when when he did, because we were in a, you know, previous season would have killed to be where we were with ten games to go. We were fourth. I know Newcastle and you know, Man United had a couple of games in hand, but we were fourth when Conte went. Uh, with with ten games to go, and you know seven of them very winnable. You know this yeah. week's obviously very difficult, um, which is why yeah I was just so surprised that he just sort of let things let things run. And you know if we did get someone in, even if it even if it was Mason at that time, he might have been able to galvanise the players more uh, to to get up for these for these ten games. But just the Stellini taking it and the continuation of what went before. I mean, part of it, I I do think it was a dreadful decision. I partly see where he's coming from, thinking how good we were in some of those games that still yeah. he took charge of. Uh, you know, Chelsea, Man City, West Ham, but we, we all we were also pretty dreadful in a couple of Wolves and Sheffield United. But I do sort of, from that angle, I can sort of see what he was thinking. But all I can think is that the players were just done with with Conte and his regime after what he said at Southampton when he threw him under the bus. I can't think of what else has changed 
um, you know, between those games that we played well in under Stellini in the last the last few weeks. But the, yeah, I think the the, the players are just are just done with uh, with Conte and anyone associated with him. That's, that's the only change I can think of. It just feels like the the Stellini appointment, because like you say, when I try to put a positive light on it, when I try to put myself into the mindset of Daniel Levy or the people running the club. As I said previously on here, we did we finished the season strongly last year playing Conte ball. Okay, the fans don't love it, but we did all right. the The only bad element, seemingly, in Conte ball was Antonio Conte himself. He just became such a loose cannon, you know. It, for whatever, and I will continue to say this probably forever. But for whatever justification anybody wants to bring to that Southampton press conference. It just was totally unprofessional, and it just it wasn't it wasn't acceptable. And I'm delighted that he got sacked off the back of that because I couldn't be asked to listen to that any longer, and I'm sure the players couldn't anymore. But you know, we were still in contention for the top four, top five. We didn't like the football; it was horrible to watch, but we were still in contention. So I can understand why the feeling there might be things are actually all right. This bloke just isn't very happy with it. However, that again, really, that, I mean, that's being kind, right? It, it feels like, again, it's another one of those just woeful misreadings of football, of how it works by Levy and the people that run the club to allow this to continue to... Because this, I mean, this is... It's been, let's, let's be honest, we lost that Brighton game as well. Like we did, we yeah. didn't really win <laughs> yeah. that game. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. we've been in an absolute shambles. Like that, that, we thought that Bournemouth game was bad. The manner in which we lost that, it's the, the, I, I, I'm sure you felt the same, mate. Watching that Newcastle game, I was thinking it's going to be ten. Like this is going to be ten. I, yeah, honestly, I would. Yeah, I, I couldn't see how they wouldn't possibly. It was twenty minutes and they, they'd scored five. I honestly couldn't see. It just felt like the game that it felt most to me like was the Brazil Germany game. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I don't even, you know, where, where I think Germany did sort of ease off there, um, and yeah, gladly Newcastle dropped their intensity a bit as well when they were five 0 up, unsurprisingly. Well, the fans um, looked shell shocked as well, right? They were just they like, did like yeah, they did these like, clips from in the ground, and they're all like, "What? What's going on yeah, here?" You know? <laughs> yeah, there were people. The people like you know, even when they were five 0 up, because there was like ten, fifteen minutes when it was all pretty quiet in the stadium. You know, you're thinking you're five nil up. Why is it so quiet? But I do think they were they were just a bit shell shocked um, at how how easy it it was for for them to score five goals in twenty minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, we I know we knew what we were getting into with Conte instead of Daniel Levy. But I, you know, he he overstepped the mark in comparison. He's always moaned at Chelsea and Inter, but the Southampton. You know, after that, there's there's no coming back from that. And I do wonder if. If he'd toned that down quite considerably and just it was just another Conte post-match press conference, whether he'd still be here and whether be, we'd be in a better place than we are, I don't think yesterday would have happened in the manner it did if he was. Um, and not to give him too much credit, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where <laughs> I don't know where we go from there. I I, I wasn't surprised that uh, Stellini went when he did because there was no way that you know with a big home game coming up next, there was no way we could. Go in there having not changed anything after, oh, he had after to, though, Sunday. Didn't he? Like it was, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Just there was no. It, it again, it looks like a shamble on the club. I get it. It's and we've sacked our interim manager and put another interim manager. It's it's awful. Like it's 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 so bad and it just reeks of mismanagement. However, 
it had to happen. You, they could not bury their head in it the did, sand yeah. over that. And I, it's, I, I, it only happened because of the manner of the defeat on Sunday. I, it, it's, it's very unlike Levy to, within what three weeks, admit to such a huge mistake and change it. Um, I, I don't. If we lost that game three one on Sunday, I'm not sure Cellini would have gone. I don't think he would have at all. It was just the manner of it. That first twenty minutes, you can't let that carry on. Whoever was in charge, they'd have gone. Um, I think it was quite obvious that the players weren't playing for him. Um, and yeah, just like I said, <laughs> can you imagine what Man United at home on Thursday would have been like, especially if we went a goal down uh, if Steady and he was still in the dugout? Are you uh, are you buying that Lloris was injured? Uh, no, 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 definitely not. No, I think it was just getting a bit too embarrassing, wasn't it? I, I sincerely hope it's the last time we see him in his first shirt. It, it's obviously a sad way for him to go out, but I think more of this could, could happen and it would just get more embarrassing as, as the games go on if he stays in, to be honest. Um, Murphy shot. He didn't even. He didn't even try. Yeah, but he's 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 done. He, he has done that quite a lot, to be honest. He's one of those keepers who just likes to stand and watch uh, shots go in if they're you know from a certain distance. Yeah, uh, going into the top corner. I do think he could have saved it. I really do. Um, but he didn't try. <laughs> and you know, the first goal sort of sets precedent. The first goal's yeah. him all over, isn't it? In the last the last year or eighteen months, unfortunately. Um, he sat beating him from that angle. Do you know what I mean? For their third yeah. or fourth, was it their, no, their fourth goal, wasn't it? Yeah, the f- or fourth. Yeah, he's at yeah because the first two were Joe Linton and Murphy. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I yeah I obviously hadn't watched the highlights. I watched them just before coming on here, just so it was uh, fresh in my mind for you. Um, yeah, it's honestly it's remarkable. I'd, I'd recommend watching it again. Um, but yeah, I mean. I hope it's the last time we see him in a Spurs shirt. You know, whether he can, you know, there'll be a home game before now at the end of the season, you know, Palace or Brentford, where we're in a comfortable enough position to bring him on for 20 minutes. That'd be nice. Better way to say goodbye than Sunday. But yeah, I, I can't see him starting again, surely. But uh, where do we go from here, though, mate? Because like, this is, okay, so this is a sort of a, there's many different pieces to this because I want to know what you think about Levy. And I want to know what you think about his ability to be able to realise now, or his willingness, not his ability, but his willingness to realise that if we bring in Nagelsmann, we'll talk about managers and that later on toward the end of the pod, but let's just say right here, right now, we, we bring in Julian Nagelsmann, right? Do you have full faith in Daniel Levy to to to, to not want to offer Hugo Lloris a new contract again to to not want to offer Eric Dyer a new contract to actually realise now it's not just about bringing in the bloke that has done stuff before and expecting something different again because this is why I'm I'm I've gotten into this rut now mate and I I always tend to feel that despite being called negative on Twitter a few times, which I, I do disagree with. I'm, I'm generally a more optimistic fan, I find, and I do always try to look with a hopeful lens upon on things that we can turn it around with some shrewd management and everything. But everything that the past few years has taught me is that the direction of the club is just all over the shop, that there's no real plan. There's nothing there. And I can just see them getting Nagelsmann in and being like, right, let's let's tie down a new contract for Lloris. And somebody like Nagelsmann coming into a new club is not going to be quick to get rid of the club captain. He's going to think, well, he's World Cup winner. You know, you know all that type of shit. But he's like you say, Lloris has got to go, man. Like, we, we desperately need a new goalkeeper now. We have done for I two yeah. years. We need new centre-backs. Like, games like the other day, 
even put a question mark over Romero for me, you know, but I think... On Sunday, I think Romero was, was awful, yeah, I did. And it feels unfair. He, he's very young. He probably needs a more solid partner and all that type yeah. of stuff. But on his own, like as an individual, he was appalling. You know, he was terrible. Yeah, he was. We yeah. probably needed new... Well, we definitely need a new creative midfielder if Divine's not going to get given a go. We don't even know how good Divine is yet if he's really... Do you know what I mean? There's, it feels like yeah. there's a lot of work to be done that now there's no escape from that. You can't just now bring in somebody like Nagelsmann or Enrique and say, try and get another tune out of it. It's it, done. It, it's still, yeah. It, well, it just all depends on whether he, he finds a... You know, a, a director of football who hasn't broken the law uh, multiple times, be helpful, before, allegedly, because it? Um, it did look like that's when it was going to change, didn't it? And it did for a while. You know, apparently she was running things in terms of transfers and you know contracts and stuff like that. Um, no doubt with there being his ear on occasion, but it, it all depends whether you know. Best case scenario is when we get we get Nagelsmann in and he chooses a director of football that he's comfortable working with, not one that levies you know dumping on him. It doesn't sound like uh, Scott Munn, who's coming as head of football, is going to be involved particularly on the the playing side of things it sounds like he's sort of more of a commercial background so that's fine if he's if he, if it's you know that's the way it stays and that's where he works it all, all depends entirely on whether we get a new director of football in um one that wants to work with the manager and vice versa um for, to allow levy to actually take a step back that we thought he was going to a couple of years ago I don't know. I don't know. But I, I just can't see Levy, you know, if, like you said, if there are players that he likes and wants around, um, I can't see him, you know, completely backing away if there are players that he wants to reward for their fine form with a, a new deal. Um, but I, I, Lloris is one I absolutely can't see staying on. Whoever comes in, whatever happens, I think he's, he's absolutely gone in the summer. Um, and I think that'd be his, his choice as much as anyone's, to be honest. What else do you think we need to would would you keep hold of Eric Dyer, for example, as a squad player, or do you think let's just let's just move him on? He wouldn't be one of the first names out the door, and I think we've got to be realistic in terms of how much we can do in one summer and how many uh, players will will realistically leave and we'll find buyers for. As a squad player, especially if we qualify for Europe, um, I'd, I'd keep him. Um, but you know, <laughs> and then if we do that, we're only two probably two injuries away from him starting games again. And I do think we very, very much need a clean sweep and a fresh slate. Um, and I think he, you know, he, he has massive drops in form probably once or twice, you know. There was a year, I would say. There was a period under Conte when he was great. Yeah. Other than that, you know, he, he often gets it together for a few games and then, you know, drops a clanger or, you know, I do think he's one of those who's got to go. But, you know, he's in... He's in our player committee, That's apparently, it. the four-man four man player committee with, with Lorries. Three well. of them are um, shite. <laughs> yeah, three of exactly, them are shite yeah. and one of them's going to go to Chelsea. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I'd been Hoybier as well. I know that's not necessarily oh, always no, popular 100%. with people, but I think he reeks of this sort of post-2020 period of the club and I'd, I'd like him gone as well. But he's definitely not going to be one of the first, you yeah. know, first on the chopping block, I don't think. Um, yeah, as, as far as Eric Dyer, you know... I, I, I would like him to go, but I don't think he's going to be one of the first to go. I'd, I'd rather he started games than Damas and Sanchez. Um, and we're not going to buy more than two centre-halves, are we? So I think Eric Dyer's probably going to have to stay on. Although I've also seen you know talk that we're, we're looking to keep Lenglet. I've absolutely no idea why. But again, you know, 
maybe under a, a you know more forward-thinking manager in a in a back four like he's played before at Barcelona, he might he might look a bit better. Um, but you know we've seen enough of Eric Dyer and you know the likes of Sanchez to know that where their ceiling is and you know. I think it's definitely time for him to go. Yeah, just feels so. But like even with long late, it just feels so placeholder, doesn't it? You know, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Which is what he is. You know, it's just um, this bloke's available and he's sort of all right. So let's just buy it. It's just, it's just like you say. It's that sort of post twenty twenty malaise at like the clubs in yeah. where you're just like. There's a malaise every fucking summer now, isn't there? Yeah. Like, apart like, from last Jesus, summer. Which, you know, what is this, you know? I mean, I don't know, mate. We we all thought last summer went well and we were all really happy and look what's happened, you know, Armageddon. So, you know, maybe maybe something good will come out of this. Um, but yeah, it, it, it entirely depends on the new manager and if we get director of football in. Um, they're going to decide who stays, who goes and who we, who we bring in. Um, but yeah, there's not, not many that have been around for... As long as Eric Dyer has that, I'd like to keep. I would have liked to think, because talking about sort of the players we bought last year, we definitely, it's safe to say we haven't seen anything of, not even close to the best of Basuma or Richarlison, for example. No, which I don't place any blame on them for, to be honest. A lot of people get quite pissy with Richarlison, but it's not, he's barely played, he's barely been given a chance to play. I know he could have, he could have nicked a couple more goals, obviously. Um, But he's. You can't, he's never had a run of games, and especially in one of his favourite positions. Um, we've always played him on the right, which is his least favourite of the, of, along the front three. We've had perfect opportunities this season with Son, so woefully out of form to give Richarlison a run, and he hasn't had it, which just is baffling. Like I don't know when Conte wanted Richarlison, and I don't know when he was planning on playing him. You know, unless <laughs> there was a, one of the front three had a huge drop in form, as two of them have this season, and he still hasn't. He still hasn't played. He's only started a handful of games. Um, I'd like to see him, you know, under under whoever comes in. He's definitely not one that I'd, I'm concerned about. I'd like to see him in a, you know, team that's attacking and confident and, and playing football. Uh, the same goes for for everyone we signed last summer. Um, I was quite excited with the signings um, going into going into the, the season, um, but yeah, we've, we've just not seen seen any of them really, have we? Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I would have liked to have seen Pochettino get his hands on Bissouma and Richarlison, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen now, mate. <laughs> it doesn't, no. Because no, it it's pretty much nailed on, isn't it, that Pochettino's going to yeah, rock up at Chelsea done. now? Yeah, it's done by all accounts. Yeah, which is nice, isn't it? I mean, when it 
was becoming a reality yesterday. I was I was genuine. I was losing my fucking mind. I'll be yeah, honest. it was just yesterday. Before yesterday, I really thought that there was still a chance that it would not necessarily fall apart, but they'd change their mind and try and go for a bigger name like they usually do. Um, An eleventh hour on Enrique or something, right? Yeah, something like that. And I always thought it was going to be Enrique going there, but for yeah. whatever reason, that hasn't happened. The same with Nagelsmann. Um, I yeah, honestly, I couldn't couldn't really believe it. Um, I don't know. People are saying you can't blame him; he hasn't got a job and stuff like that. But I'm, I, I don't buy it. To be honest, I, we know what Chelsea meant to him in five years at Tottenham. They were his number one. That was the number one game for him. Um, and for a lot of the time he was here, it was another one game for the fans as well, just because of you know who we were competing with. Um, he knows what what he knows what that means to Tottenham fans. He's heard the songs that they sing every game about Tottenham. Uh, he knows what they think of us. Um, I think if you know he, he might have had to sit sit on his hands for another six months a year to get a, a decent offer, but one would have come along for him. Um, you know, it's people talk about ah, oh, but he's unemployed. Would expect him to do. He's a multimillionaire for a start. You know, he's not fucking struggling, is he? I think he could have held on for another offer for someone that wasn't Chelsea. Um, so yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it's closure for me because I, uh, yeah, fucking to be honest, like I, I, I can't see how he could possibly do it. Um, saying everything he has in the past about Chelsea as well. Um, people saying, oh, it's not like he went to Arsenal, but. Chelsea, Chelsea was Arsenal to him. It's, when it's, he was, when it's he was not that far removed, really, is it? Let's be honest. Not at all. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Um, it's just something you didn't expect from him, really. Like I know it's very naive of us, but he did seem quite different, didn't he? To quite a lot of the, the characters you get in modern football, he did seem, you know, very emotionally switched on, emotionally charged. Um, you just didn't really first see that this was something that he'd do. Um, but yeah, here we are. I think like it, I was talking to Foynes about it just on Twitter and I think the thing that just that really gets me about it is it's just like where do we like where do we find solace in in any of this shit because the past few years we've at least had the we didn't get anywhere but the journey we had under Pochettino 16-17 yeah. the last year at White Hart Lane the that kind of that that core group that we had the Champions League Ajax, all these sort of memories, it's like we don't. And I know it sounds so moaning, it's so like poor me, but of course we don't even get that. Of course we don't even get to keep our fucking happy place. Yeah. The the manager who's been the greatest manager since Bill Nick, he just has been at this club. He's going to go up the road to. A fucking, like you say, a, an abomination of a football club that sings We Hate Tottenham every single game, let alone all the fucking anti-Semitic shit they sing at us. And whether or not he's fully aware of that type of shit, it just, it really fucking rankles. It's really, it's just very hard to reconcile, man. You feel, because I, I do have that torn thing of like, I get it. Like he is an emotional guy, and I wonder if, like you know, us spurning him so publicly as we clearly have done, plays into his decision if he's acting out of his. Or maybe it's just maybe it's honestly that we've just it's not that deep. That it's another one of those lessons in life that really he had a good time at Spurs, but he just he doesn't care that much. He's from Murphy in Argentina. He's not from Tottenham. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. you know, his 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 club is like Newell's old boys. You know, it's like he he. But he's always. Yeah, he's he's always just drummed it in that he 
we really thought he he got it and he did i think and he, he was on bt sport a couple yeah. of years ago or a year and a yeah. bit ago saying i love that club i can't wait to be back there one day yeah yeah exactly yeah um you know people saying you know who can blame him we he was you know unceremoniously sacked didn't even get a proper chance to say bye to the players there might be some ill feeling there um but at every opportunity he's talked about tottenham it doesn't sound like that at all does it like he's he still obviously holds huge affection for us um it doesn't feel like he, you know, he's always been out for revenge since he got sacked um it's felt like the opposite to be honest i think yeah. i don't know obviously i i don't think this happens if we get in touch with him and, and ask him to come back i think he'd come back uh but it sounds like there's been absolutely no contact there from from levy's end um, whatsoever um but I, I still don't think that um necessarily means it's okay for him to go and join Chelsea to be honest but what the fuck is that about though mate from our end like what is that uh, is it the, the ball thinking we're above him now oh we've done that it, it doesn't really matter anymore not that it doesn't matter but just we can't go over that great like I understand right if you can to turn your nose up at that type of thing if you have a clear fucking direction the other way but they don't like it's no. a mess and it's been a fucking jumbled mess and for all the kind of talk that Oh, the club, there's, you know, people within the club think that it didn't end very well. It's horse shit. After it went tits up with Nuno Espirito Santo, we were straight on the blower to Pochettino, trying to get him out of his contract, trying to work out how much we'd have to pay PSG to get him back. Until Antonio Conte probably gave us the slightest inclination that he might take the job. And then we, we gave up on that. And now this year, Nagelsmann's there, Enrique's there maybe even Vincent Kompany's there, a few other options, we suddenly think we're above Pochettino again. This sort of lack of, I don't know, I guess loyalty from the club in a way, it's I've, yeah. I, I, it's really irritated me, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's horrible, man. Um, I don't know. I mean, I read something that we're, you know, we're looking for a manager who's in the position of a 2014 Pochettino as opposed to a 2023, but I, I don't buy that if we're, if we're talking to Nagelsmann and Enrique, to be honest. You know, if we if we brought in a company or a Carrick or someone like that, yeah, I'd sort of see that a bit more. But to be honest, Pochettino seems absolutely perfect. You know, is that mix of you know he's only been a manager for what, eight nine years at, at this level. Um, his, his ideas are still new, they're still fresh. Um, if 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 he wasn't our old manager and he was, you know, he'd had the background that he had, we'd be going for him. I'm I'm pretty sure of it. You know, someone especially someone who is out of work at the moment. I don't know. I don't know what what Levy's thinking, to be honest. Whether it's a, a pride thing, he doesn't want to go back, um, or yeah, it's just gone to his head, and he thinks he thinks we're above that now. We're on a different plane where we can choose the you know the big names and the top managers because we've got a nice stadium. Um, I do think that partly plays into it psychologically with him, to be honest. It felt like just such an easy win, though, man. Like yeah. the PR oh, to the get the fans back now. on side as well. Yeah, absolutely. The pretty much let's say. Let's say a conservative estimate, 60% of the stadium was singing for him yeah. to come back for the past two home games, you know? Yeah, yeah. Come. It seems like, yeah, such an easy win, such an easy win. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I was clamouring for him to come back in January. We know we knew the direction this was going in January, didn't we? After the World Cup, after yeah. the first couple of games, after that, nothing had changed. Um, people people thought it might suddenly click for us in the second half of the season that we've been saving ourselves. I think that was pretty evident that that wasn't the case after a couple of games back after the World Cup and Conte should have gone then, to be honest. Especially when we knew we wouldn't sign a new deal. If, you know, I don't know, if before the World Cup he was, you know, 
we were still winning games and he was he was talking about the possibility of staying on um, next season. That might have been different. But when we knew for a fact he was leaving in the summer anyway and we were so poor and so out of form in January, that would have been the time to pull the trigger. But no, obviously, um, Conte deserves more loyalty than Pochettino was sacked in November, five months after the Champions League final. Um, because top four was in danger. Allegedly. Just indulge me in the nightmare, Con, because what you touch on there, closure, it is important. And I do think him going to Chelsea... That is closure. That's not the oh, a couple of years' time we'll get him because we always hire ex-Chelsea bosses. That is pretty significant, him going there. Yeah, but considering what he meant to us, yeah. yeah I, it's, I it's, it's hard to reconcile. I've, I've liked the Father Ted meme doing the rounds there, so I hear you're a racist now, Father. Yeah. It's <laughs> been pretty good. But in, indulge me in the nightmare, Con. I I th- I think he's going to do really well at Chelsea with that squad of I, players. I don't. Do you not? Interesting. No. Um, for a start, I, I before Chelsea even came along, I thought it was now or never for us probably with him this summer. Yeah, yeah, um, agreed. But now, obviously, Chelsea have come along. I think it's completely done, to be honest. Um, although, <laughs> does it make it more likely that Levy rehires him after he's managed Chelsea? Probably. But especially in terms of you know uh, the fans, I, th- I do think it's done. It's quite a you know, pointed decision from him, I think. He knows what he's doing. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I think there's huge swathes of the Chelsea fan base who don't want him and don't like him, um, as there was with, with Potter. Um, I just I can't see him getting the time, you know, if, if it goes like his first six months did at Tottenham, which, well, five months did at Tottenham, which people often forget when they talk about him. It was looking pretty ropey at points. Um and I just don't see him getting the time. With the money that, that Todd Bowley spent at Chelsea, I just don't see him giving Poch a year or two to get things right. I, I think if it's, you know, like as it was with Potter, I think if they're struggling six months in, then the fans will turn quite quickly on Pochettino, given his background. And they're Chelsea fans, they will. I just can't see how, how he could ride it out until, he, you know, he's got them doing, doing what they want. By all accounts as well, just going from a few things and what Lampard said, the, the, it's, a, it's an out of out of shape squad. The fitness isn't where it should be, um, and you know, that's everything for Pochettino, isn't it? It's, you know, I know he's going to get a preseason with them, but I really think it's going to take him a while to get them playing like he wants them to, and get them up to the levels that he needs for his size to perform. Um, I just don't think he'll get the time there, and I don't think he'll get the patience from the fans or, or Todd Bowley for that matter. The thing is, mad like the stuff you hear about Chelsea now. I mean. <laughs> I know it, it is a particularly toxic club. It sounds like a particularly toxic environment. It has done just forever, really. At least in you know in the post Abramovich takeover when they became like a super club. But it does make me wonder, like, fuck, man, like Graham Potter must have been a real fraud, you know? Because it it, it probably unfair on him in some regards, like taking that step up to a club like Chelsea. But it really sounds like. <coughs> He didn't do a good job there at all. You know that it wasn't I mean, well, actually lost, that unfair yeah. the the way he was treated, like to be sacked. No, he was uh, roundly roundly beaten by Stellini's Spurs as well, which probably says it all. Yeah. And they they were they were awful in that game. They were awful. worst uh, I've ever seen them in like since they've been good. Yeah, and for a lot of the same, they just looked completely blunt, didn't they? Which was the main thing I thought. Uh, they've, they've obviously got a lot of technically brilliant players. You know, Joe Felix is a brilliant player. Even Havertz, but they're not, you know, they're not going to get you twenty goals, are they? 
I think it might have been a different story if Potter had, you know, a proper number nine. You know, they've got a fucking hundred million pound number nine in Lukaku out on loan. Um, I think that team is is different with a with a number nine and someone to finish finish the chances they create. But... Oh, you're leading me up to my next bit very nicely there. <laughs> you're leading me up very nicely. Yeah, I thought that was coming. Um, <laughs> well, I, th- I, th- I thought it was coming given you sent me earlier an AI uh, image of Harry Kane in the Chelsea shirt with the Premier League trophy. So. <laughs> Like the fucking sadist you are. Well, let's 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 do it, mate. Like, would you be surprised to see them offer us Lukaku and a bit of money for Kane this summer, if Pochettino's be, especially their manager? I wouldn't be surprised to, to see them offer it. No, I think they they quite possibly will. But I really just don't think Kane would do it. I know that might be naive for me, but I just don't think Kane would ever go to Arsenal or Chelsea. I don't think it's the same as Pochettino. I, I just can't see Kane doing it. I think he'd go anywhere else, but I, just, I really don't think he'd go to either of those two two clubs, even well, with Pochettino. What makes you so sure? I think because he loves John Terry and all that. He loves that. Let's be honest. <laughs> I, I think the Brexitiness of Chelsea, I think, sort of would appeal to Kane on a certain level. I don't know. I just can't see him doing it, and maybe I'm giving him too much credit. But I just, I really don't think he'd cross that threshold because he'd be dead to us. Right? He knows that, and he's our fucking record scorer. Um, it would be very us though to be fair to have a record scorer that we despise um, just as our best manager in the last 40 years is now going to be despised by a lot of our fans I saw somebody it's on very, Twitter say Jimmy Greaves play for Chelsea and no one cared it's like oh shut oh, up fucking like, cares mate when was that the 40s like... Nobody, nobody's asked and I'm yeah. pretty sure that rivalry wasn't the same as it was no. I know we've never liked Chelsea but it feels like the last 20 years or so the Tottenham Chelsea things on a whole whole new level compared to what it was you know I know we've never liked them. It's obviously it's Chelsea, but you know, before the last, I'd say, ten, fifteen years, they were never really close to Arsenal, were they? In terms of you know, no. the, the game that fans well, were doing. Yeah, know. not from. I've I've always sort of hated them because I've grown up around a lot of them. That's the thing. So it's always been a bit Sorry different. <laughs> but they've but they've always fucking hated us, man. Like, yeah, we're we're everyone's fucking number one, aren't we? We're you know. We're but they were a bit more one. West Hammy, right? Before, in terms of like, we weren't that asked about them, and they're still singing "We Ate Tottenham" before every game. Like, it's just yeah, they know. do before every game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the camera panning to Potch's faces. Which I'm saying, Potch's a big, face his face on a fucking big banner in the shed end. Do you know what I mean? We ate Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, I know it's gonna be fucking horrible. But I don't. I honestly don't think Kane would do it. I really don't. I, I also think it'd be a huge risk for Kane as well because it could. They could be awful again next season. They could feasibly be awful again next season, Chelsea. There's no guarantees there. I think he, and I, again, that's why I, I don't. I think Man United is a big risk for him as well. Um, oh, I, th- I think United is a huge risk for him, man. Yeah, if he wants to win the big stuff, like if he wants to win Premier League or Champions League, he's got a bit more of a chance at United than he does exactly. at Spurs. Yeah. But I, I just don't. They're yes, miles off City. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and and Arsenal now. They're miles off Arsenal now. But he wouldn't do that, would he? No, he wouldn't. He's never done it before. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ugh. I just it, I think it's a huge risk. I think it only makes sense for him to leave if he's not guaranteed, but if he has a proper shout of a league or Champions League, whether that's abroad or or here. Uh, I don't think it's worth him doing it for for a Carabao. You know, nah. I know they're in the FA Cup final, United, but they'll lose to City. I just don't. I just don't see how it's worth it from if, his if, point of view. If, to, if he goes to, to you know. he goes to United, they don't win the Premier League. It becomes about the failed signing of Harry Kane. Yeah, so that's why they'd be buying him. Yeah, to take that next step and do that. They're third now, and they're probably going to finish third. Newcastle could pip them. I don't know, but you know, they'll they'll be signing Harry Kane for whatever eighty to hundred million because he's running out of 
their contract to take that next step and win, win a league or Champions League. That's why they'd be doing it. Um, and he'd, he'd absolutely be the scapegoat if they were shit next season. Of course he would. But that's why I just don't think it's worth it for him. I think City was, you know, the, probably the perfect move for him in 2021. And I, I can see why he pushed for it, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I hated it at the time. Of course. But, you know, we're just back there again, aren't we? You know, there's comparisons for Kane's face at full time on Sunday than, you know, I think that famous one of him looking up in the sky and saying, what's the fucking point when we lost at home to Villa in 2021? We're here. He's here two years later. I absolutely can see why he wants out and I think he should leave, to be honest. You, I'd, I'd be very surprised if he stayed and I don't think he should stay. You know what though, mate? And this is, honestly, the City thing fucked me off, but in terms of, I've always sort of had his back, really. The City thing did piss me off, but for the mm. most part, I've still reverted back to this kind of, I get it though. I, I, I feel it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I understand we, where he's coming from. Yeah. He does so much for the team and this and that. But you know what? The Newcastle game on the weekend is the first time, it's genuinely the first time when I've ever thought, actually, fuck you, man. Like, like you're still supposed to be a fucking leader on the pitch. And he did score yeah. that goal, and it was brilliant. Goal, wasn't it? <laughs> but a lot of the... He's throwing his hands up, he's sighing, he's looking up in the sky. I'm like... Leave they were from all the, doing that, to be fair, but yeah. They were, but also, you know... Leave from the fucking front, mate. And he, I, yeah. I know that he has done and he has allowed these moments, but I still, there's just, you know, my, ultimately, my loyalty is always going to be to Tottenham. That's yeah, the course, thing, yeah. right? And that's why it really fucks me off and it has done for the past couple of years, the whole, Conte was right, we should listen to what, I don't care what some fucking mercenary that comes into our club for a couple of years thinks about the club. Could give a shit. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there and listen to him slate the club, and I'm not going to have this self-flagellation about it. I don't want to sit there and ha- hear somebody talk about how bad the club is. You know, like it's it's no. it's, it's bollocks, and you know, I, I, I it, it leaves. Look, it's dev- like when Kane leaves. Like I, <laughs> I think we're in real bad trouble. Like oh, it's gonna be horrible, man. Like I even guys. yesterday, I saw a like a five six minute compilation on Twitter saying thanks for the memories or something. Just the compilation of him from from the start to to now, and it was do, horrible, man. Do, it's do you gonna think be fucking awful? Do you think he's because uh, to me, like in my head now, it doesn't matter if we're being nogs. Uh, we could probably sign Pep Guardiola. Well, maybe that would be different. All right, but in terms of a realistic candidate, Enrique or Nagelsmann. Mm. I don't think anybody. I don't think Kane is staying at Tottenham now for anybody. I think. I he's, don't think he should. I, I think I he's don't gone. Think he should. You know. Yeah, I think he should go. Yeah, it's so, going to be horrible, but I do think he should go. And but again, he's he's not exempt. You know, we've been awful this season. I know he's been our best player, but he's not perfect, and he's not exempt from criticism. You know, he's <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to forget up, but he's missed big chances this season in competitions in the FA Cup and Champions League. Yep. Uh, Milan and Sheffield United he had similar headers that he put wide that he'd always score. Um, he's not exempt at all, but I, I do think it's time time for him to move on. Do I you think sell him? Some, do you sell him then and not let him go for free? Probably. I think it's hanging over him, and it's hanging over us a bit as well. Just the narrative about him every year, every year that we, you know, as soon as it becomes clear, you know, as soon as we're out of options, winning potentially winning, any, winning anything, that there's a cloud again that you know. The stories come out like clockwork, don't they? Every year with with Kane, and I think it is a bit of a cloud hanging over us as well. And if we are going to do a, a proper, proper fresh start, which we definitely need more than anything, I don't think he can stay. Really, you know, he's my favourite player, and he always will be, unless he goes to Arsenal or Chelsea. Yeah. But I, I, I think it, I do just think it's time. Um, 
unfortunately for him, you know, City, the City have got Haaland now. Um, and like I said, that's why it would have been perfect for him to go in 2021. Not perfect for us, perfect for him to go to City and he'd have, he'd, you know, won a couple of leagues by now. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it's time to be honest. I still wouldn't be over. I've, I've, I keep going on about it, but I still wouldn't be overly surprised if City went for him. Still. Mm, I don't know. Cover for Haaland, cover for De Bruyne. You know, I just think the attitude, all of it, would still have Yeah, I'd me. rather that than United, to be honest. I'd much rather that than United. Um, I'd rather he went abroad than anywhere, to be honest. But if he was going to go somewhere here, then I don't feel anything about Man City, to be honest. They're, they're sort of nothing, are it's, they? It's, um, they're, just, they're, they're not even Man City anymore, are they? They're just a thing that's No, I'm not bothered. I'm not skin. bothered if he goes there. Not yeah. at all. Um, but I, I, it would be a horrible team in another shirt. Whatever happens, it will. But, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just time. He ain't going to go abroad, is he? I can't see it. No, he, he wants the record, doesn't he? That's pretty obvious. And he will get it if he stays here and I think, stays fit. I know. reckon the only place he'd go is Madrid. I think that's the only place. That, yeah. I, I, don't, I can't see Bayern. I just don't think they're... And I know it sounds ridiculous coming from a Tottenham fan or that shit, but I don't think they're big enough. You know, just no, I don't think... I, just... I think the German league's not there. I don't think, I don't think winning a Bundesliga with Bayern Munich... It's not going to quench that thirst, is it? There's not really that no. magic to it. Whereas winning the, winning La Liga with Real Madrid and being part of that yeah, of mythology, it's something it's big for a footballer, right? That whole thing. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And I'll, yeah, I, but Benzema's what is he thirty five, thirty six, and he's still incredible. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. To be honest, I don't think, and I also don't necessarily think they have the money, which is a strange thing to say about Real Madrid. But outside of the Premier League now, it, it looks. Pretty tough for the top clubs to be splashing, you know, 100 million on players, um, especially if they want Bellingham as well. Um, which you know, who knows? But I don't know, man. I don't know. It would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't begrudge him going anywhere apart from Chelsea or Arsenal. To be honest, this summer, I wouldn't. So, fuck Harry Kane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Where do we go next, mate? Where Where do Where do Tottenham Hotspur go next? Because <laughs> It seems that I would say the three sort of well, let's say the four prominent candidates at the moment seem to be Nagelsmann, Company, Enrique, and Arnis Slot. I don't want Arnis Slot. I've already made my mind up on him for some reason. It's, it's based on very little because I haven't watched much Feyenoord, but I just get fraud vibes, and I just, just partly it's, it's very silly. But seeing the clubs that are linked with him, you know, Leeds and Palace and Tottenham, like I don't know, I know, but that's very silly. You know, I've had a go at Daniel Levy for only going for big names. He might be all right, but I just think he's a bit too Dutch. No offence, Charlotte. But, you know, just like, <laughs> I don't know. I'd like him to have managed somewhere that isn't the Eredivisie. You know, people are saying, pointing at Ten Hag, you know, I think he's a bit of a one-off in terms of the, the Dutch league and in, in, in being, you know, not a fraud, basically, in terms of in terms of managers um, in the Premier League. I don't I don't want Arnie Slot, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Arnie Slot. I think that's most like more likely than anyone else if we don't get Nagelsmann. I think it will probably be him. In an ideal world we'll get Nagelsmann and Nagelsmann will get a, a director of football that he wants to work with and knows. Um, you know, people have talked about Ralph Rangnick, obviously it didn't work out for him as a manager, but he's still a very good director. He surely um, won't be Rogers, right? Please no. I don't think so. I don't just from a PR point of view, I don't think they can get away with that, you know. Um I don't know. We need a properly properly clean slate. We need a fresh start. Nagelsmann's literally perfect, I think, to take over. In you know, his name's not Mauricio Pochettino, but other than that, 
I think is exactly what we need. You know, one of the best young coaches around. Um, you know, we. I don't know. It, it all depends on what we do in the summer, basically. If Kane goes, you know, I don't. I wouldn't see us splash out on another number nine. I don't really think there's many out there that we would. I think be Richardson, would it? Yeah. yeah. Which is fair enough. I'm happy to give him. I'm happy to give him a go leading the line because that's what we bought him for. And he hasn't done it. Um, actually, he did it once at Sheffield United, and he was awful. But <laughs> but it's not fair to judge him on on one game. Um, I think it would be him. Yeah. You know, we've got we've got so much young talent there that's untapped. Um, you know, in terms of Udoji's coming in, Spence obviously. We've got him. You know, Basuma's still a young player. Skips are. You know, I mean, Poro's still a young is, player, really, isn't he? Like. Yeah, what is it, 23, 24? Is, yeah, there's a, there's da- there's a skeleton of... He uh, might be 23. But, um, there's a, there's 23, a skeleton yeah. there of, of properly decent young talent there. That the right manager playing the right, you know, the right system. For the players we've got, could, could get a lot out of. Um, but I, I do think it really is time for... A, a, you know, we've been saying it since fucking 2018, man. A lot of the old guard to go, you know. It's been called for for five years. It was five years ago by Pochettino. But we just can't be seeing the same faces next season. I think that's the main thing. We just have to freshen it up. We have to freshen it up. This is, you know, this this last chance saloon, man. We have to, we have to just bite the bullet, even if that means Kane. I think Son will stay, but you know, the likes of Dyer, you know, Sanchez, Lloris. I just think they've they've all got to go. I know it's unlikely that we're going to be able to find buyers for all of them in one window, but we can't be seeing the same old faces turn out first game next season. We've got the Celso and Dombele coming back probably this summer as well, haven't we? Reggie on, you know? <laughs> yeah, and Dombele coming back with a fucking league medal around his neck, fair play to him, even though he's played about 27 minutes. Yeah, but, um, fuck all for that. All right. Yeah, we've yeah we've got a lot to do in the summer, man. It all depends on how well we execute that, really. But that's why we can't, we can't wait till July or August to get our new manager in. They have to come in as soon as the season's over. You know, have a look at the squad, put their stamp on it. You know, get get what they want across the players they want, the players they don't want. We just can't be doing another twenty twenty one. We just can't. I was going <laughs> to ask you. That means, yeah. Well, I was going to ask you what you think of company, but I've just seen now. Just literally read that. It sounds like he's you know he's told Burnley he's going to take them into the Premier League. That he's not going to leave the club. I mean, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm don't not know surprised. if that changes if we came up with something concrete, but. <coughs> It was a huge risk. Um, I, I think it would be quite silly of us to put him ahead of Nagelsmann in the shortlist. I, I wouldn't have, you know, hated it if Nagelsmann fucked us off and we went to company then. But I think if there is an opportunity to get Nagelsmann now, I think it's pretty crazy to talk to anyone else that isn't Mauricio Pochettino at the moment. I think it's a huge, huge opportunity. Um, like I said, like you touched on at the start, the most important thing is Levy and getting a director of football in and distancing him from the football side of things. Um, as again we've been talking about for years but yeah next season's you know if it's Nagelsmann and if it's a new director of football and they're working in tandem I think things could change very quickly and I think the mood could shift very quickly as well uh, and it needs to there is something exciting about Nagelsmann I think the only thing that concerns me about him is just he does come with a big reputation and if it feels like a real middle ground right because I know that in truth he is a young manager. He is probably pretty much perfect for, for Tottenham in, I think, the type of football he wants to play, his emphasis on working with youth players, making shrewd acquisitions, 
this sort of thing, right? But it's the fact that he he is a big name again now that it, it feels like it's it's some way it's halfway towards Tottenham having a rebuild, but it's also Tottenham expecting quickish success, and that's maybe not just so much from the fans or the club itself, but from the media. You look at you look at the likes of Matt Law, the way he jumps on anything to do with Tottenham. If we if we sort of finish in sixth place next year under Nagelsmann. Has Nagelsmann flopped at Tottenham? Has he done? Has he done that? Has he done this? You know, we were seeing even um, mm. uh, Papi Matassar like dug out this week for you know for his uh, shambolic performance. He was completely thrown under the bus. But my yeah, my, my, my point is that like the the reporting on Tottenham is seldom ever in good faith. I find, and yeah. I just wonder if there <laughs> would be a bit more. Credit in the bank if you did hire company versus I don't know. I don't like know. I, I do think Nagelsmann is somewhat of a happy medium compared to what has gone before. I know he has managed Bayern Munich, but I don't think it's like hiring a Mourinho or a Conte or even maybe an Enrique. Yeah, I don't think it's quite on that level. I do think he is closer to the middle of being, you know, between a company and a Mourinho. Sorry, uh, I'm pretty sure that's not how he'd like to be described ever. But I, I don't think it's quite the same as hiring Mourinho was or hiring Antonio Conte was. Um, I I think that, I don't I don't necessarily think that that would be the case. I think if it's quite clear, you know, to see the direction we're going and a style being implemented and an, an actual philosophy being implemented uh, and there's actually a bit of forward momentum, I don't necessarily think it matters if we finish sixth next season. I don't think people would be under pressure. Um it just has to be, you know, we have we have to get some momentum back into the club and we have to have a style that we can see. You know, that's why Arsenal stopped by Arteta. You know, we'd have sacked Arteta three times before now. Um, but the next manager we have, the next manager we get, especially if it's a young manager like Nagelsmann, we have to give him three years unless we're literally about to get relegated. If we're seeing enough glimpses of, the, you know, what he's trying to do and what he's trying to implement, we just have to give him time. We have to give him time. But another Another... You know, part of the reason why I think it, it, it is the time for Kane to go, to be honest, because he, he can't start from the ground up again, Harry Kane, at, at going into 30 in the summer. Um, I, I think we, if we're going to do it properly, part of that is Kane, Kane moving on and, and a young manager coming in and, and being given the time they need. What does it, what does, what is it that you want to see, mate? Like, just, just as, as a fan, because you're talking about the momentum, you're talking about, a new like a fresh start and everything what is it that really what does that look like to you what's the what's the blue sky for for next season harry kane goes in summer we get 80 mil for him maybe a new goalkeeper whatever i don't know like what's what's where where are the green shoots for you <laughs> green shoots is that nagelsmann's not told us to fuck off yet fuck knows you might have done after this podcast so it might date quite quickly but the the, the thing that's given me uh, a bit of hope is that it's hung around for a few days and not been shot down yet Um, since he since he fucked Chelsea off but green shoots for me getting him in I just I'd like to enjoy the journey again I'd like some momentum Um, it's not necessarily where we finish in the Premier League this season we could finish in the Premier League in the same place we finished in Pochettino's first season and how different is the mood mm. the, 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 the polar opposites we might still finish fifth this season we, we probably won't you know but we might but you know compare the mood at the end of 
um, was it 2013-14 to now it's, it's polar opposites I just like to enjoy it again um, I'd like a manager to come in and unite unite the fan base I know that's very much easier said than done with our fan base but Pochettino did it um, I'd just like some forward momentum I'd like to see us playing and staying in football I'd like to not see us play three centre-halves and two defensive midfielders at home uh, to bottom half teams um, as we have every every game since 2020 Um I'd like to enjoy it again, to be honest. I know that sounds, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I know it sounds a bit loserish, but I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm not going to be demanding trophies in top four if Nagelsmann comes in. Um, I'd just like to see, you know, a bit of spark. You know, I'd like to see the players enjoying it. Um, yeah, I'd just like to enjoy, you know, going to watch Tottenham again, because I do, you know, obviously seeing your lovely face. Um, but as soon as the whistle goes, until the final whistle, it's it's pretty shit at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> like, I just like to enjoy the whole, you know, the whole package again. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.